Before we get started today, I wanted to give a special shout out to Melissa F., Laura B., and David Kibitluski for using the Buy Me a Coffee link in the show's notes to send a little love my way and support the show. Much appreciated. Now, I know everything is super expensive right now, so if you want to support the show without spending any cash, all you have to do is tell a friend about the Chicago History Podcast. That will help me reach new listeners and fans of Chicago History. And now. A few weeks back, I did an episode about the Lincoln Park Zoo, and it got me thinking about one of the most memorable events at Chicago's other area zoo, the story of a gorilla and an unconscious child that had fallen more than 18 feet into the animal's pit. Today we're discussing Chicago Zoo stories, Benty Joie Saves a Child. I'm Tommy Henry, and this is the Chicago History Podcast. The summer of 1996 was bonkers. There was the crash of TWA Flight 800, which exploded 12 minutes after takeoff from New York's JFK Airport. There was the Centennial Olympic Park bombing in Atlanta. Hurricane Bertha hit North Carolina, causing more than $335 million in damages. And closer to Chicago, there was Benty. Before we get to the big event, a little backstory on the players. Benty Joie was an 11-pound, 4-ounce baby gorilla when she made her first public appearance at the San Francisco Zoo in August of 1988, although her birth occurred on March 17th of that year in Columbus, Ohio. Benty's parents were paired in a kind of gorilla matchmaking service designed to increase the numbers in endangered species. Due to poaching, disease, and destruction of native lands, gorilla numbers have been dwindling for decades. Even now, the western lowland gorilla is on the critically endangered list. Mom Lula, who turned 24 in 1988, was loaned to the Columbus Zoo from the Bronx Zoo. Benty's father, Sunshine, was 14 and had been sent to Columbus three years earlier in 1985 as he was one of three males at the San Francisco Zoo with no females of breeding age. Although a late starter, Sunshine became mm, quite popular with the lady gorillas. Benty Joie, whose name means Daughter of Sunshine in Swahili, was the second offspring from the union between Sunshine and Lula. Soon after her birth, something caused one of Benty's eyes to swell, requiring her to be removed from her den for a brief time for medical treatment. When she returned to the gorilla enclosure, Benty was met with indifference by her mother. It soon became apparent Benty wasn't gaining weight as she should, so the decision was made to transfer her to the San Francisco Zoo, where she could be hand-reared and better integrated with other gorillas by her first birthday. Benty was a hit at five months, according to reports, quote, squirming in her pampers, ogling the cameras with her liquid brown eyes, and clutching her keeper as tightly as she could. She's very, very sweet, her keeper Claire Johnson shared. If one of us gets out of sight for a few minutes, we'll suddenly feel something hanging onto our ankles. They stick like glue when people are around. 
In addition to being bottle-fed infant formula, Benty also ate rice cereal and pureed raw vegetables, including green beans, peas, squash, and yams. According to her keepers, the only difference between feeding baby Benty and a human baby, quote, you wouldn't pick a baby up by the foot and hold it upside down. She loves to be upside down. In February 1991, the San Francisco Zoo loaned Benty to Brookfield Zoo, just west of Chicago, as part of the breeding program. It was here that Benty caught the eye of Abraham, who went by Abe, a much older gorilla who had yet to successfully sire a child. The two hit it off, and soon Abe and Benty welcomed daughter Kula in February of 1995. Abe passed away in May of that same year as he neared 40 years old, well exceeding the life expectancy of a male gorilla raised in captivity. On August 16, 1996, crowds were enjoying a hot Friday afternoon at the Brookfield Zoo. Just after 2 p.m., a toddler made his way over the 3- to 4-foot railing at the Tropical Zoo Gorilla Enclosure, tumbling between 18 and 24 feet to the floor of the habitat, landing near seven gorillas below. Those watching remained calm so as not to startle the animals and potentially make a bad situation worse. I'm kidding! They started screaming for help. Eight-year-old, 160-pound Benty with her 18-month-old daughter Kula clutching onto her back ambled over to the unconscious three-year-old boy, picking him up and cradling him in her arms while she sat on a log near a stream, gently patting the boy's back. Benty then carried the boy to a nearby zookeeper access doorway and carefully laid him down. Zookeepers, who were having lunch nearby, rushed over to the enclosure upon hearing the commotion. They immediately grabbed high-pressure water hoses, which they aimed at the ground to signal and herd the gorillas toward the door leading out of the exhibit area. By the time paramedics reached the boy, the child was alert and crying. He was transferred to Loyola Hospital, roughly 10 miles from the zoo, where he was initially listed as critical. In addition to a broken left hand, the boy had a bruise on his brain. One side of his face and head were bruised, and there was a cut on his face that required stitches. Fortunately, the boy recovered soon after. Neither his name nor the name of his parents was ever released in the press. Now, for a world mainly familiar with gorillas from King Kong and the Michael Crichton killer gorilla movie Congo, released just the year before, to learn of a softer side of these creatures was a bit of a surprise. Not to those who work with the gorillas, though. Craig Dimitros, Binti's handler at Brookfield Zoo, told local papers that western lowland gorillas are seldom angry or violent. Dimitros attributed Benty's reaction to the boy to the strong maternal instinct that the zoo had worked to instill in Benty. Quote, if the mother is hand-reared, a lot of times they don't mother properly, Dimitros told newspapers at the time. A lot of this behavior is learned, end quote. 
In order to help Benty learn to be a mom, Dimitros and other keepers gave her a generic four-legged stuffed animal covered with synthetic fleece with which to play, teaching her a babysitting behavior called retrieval. Quote, we would push the doll under the cage and she would get it and bring it back to the cage, according to Dimitros. It was also pointed out that there was reinforcement for successful mothering in the form of praise and food rewards, so it is possible Benty expected a treat for bringing the boy to the zookeeper's door. In his 2000 book, Our Inner Ape, a leading primatologist, explains why we are who we are. Author Franz de Waal shared the following. That Benty's behavior caused such surprise among humans says a lot about the way animals are depicted in the media. She really did nothing unusual, or at least nothing an ape wouldn't do for any juvenile of her own species. News of the rescue of a toddler by a gorilla spread quickly. Calls began to come in from around the globe from those eager to learn more about the event. Fruit baskets from all over the world were sent to Benty, who shared with the other gorillas. One local grocer reportedly offered to send over 25 pounds of bananas. When I read that, I thought, 25 pounds of bananas? What is that, like 50 bananas? So I looked it up. Three bananas is about a pound, so the grocer offered to send over what would be about 75 bananas. I mean, come on, dude. According to an August 1996 Chicago Tribune article, after the incident, Benty even received fan letters. Lauren and Sarah, two little girls from the Chicago area, wrote, quote, You are a wonderful example for all humankind to show that no matter who or what you are, you should always help one another. An 88-year-old woman on a fixed income from Los Angeles sent a card that read, quote, My dearly loved Benty, I had to cry with love for your beautiful gesture. Enclosed with her note was $20 for, quote, a special dish of ice cream. There was discussion as to how the boy was able to get over the barrier and fall into the pit regarding the adequacy of the barriers between the viewing public and the animals, Zoo officials estimated that roughly 15 million people had passed by without incident, but brought in an independent firm to evaluate the exhibits. Everything was deemed safe. Zoo attendance two days after the event topped 18,500, considered exceptional, especially as the weather that day was overcast. Visitors waiting to get a glimpse of the child-saving gorilla waited in line for up to an hour. Gradually, other news stories took the place of the gorilla who saved a child, and Benty settled back into a less press-intrusive life. On September 1, 2004, Benty became a grandmother when nine-year-old daughter Kula gave birth to a daughter, eventually named Kamba. Kula's mate was Ramar, a wild-born lowland gorilla who was 36 and considered elderly. Up until then, Ramar had only sired one other baby, so this was a pretty big deal. Something about Ramar that I thought was kind of cool, in April of 2002, veterinarians hand-injected Ramar so they could remove a bone spur and corn, perform a root canal, and repair a tooth socket from a previous extraction. They used a human bone graft to help Ramar's socket heal, the first time ever for a gorilla. 
No word on where that human bone graft was sourced. In May of 2005, Benti gave birth to Bakari, a male born of a pairing with Ramar. Bakari's name was chosen in a contest from over 2,000 entries, and it means one who will succeed. In 2012, the Brookfield Zoo welcomed Jojo, who was 32 at the time. Jojo previously spent time at the Louisville Zoo, where he sired an offspring in 2003, and at Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago, where he sired a female in 2004. Upon Jojo's arrival, the 44-year-old Ramar went into semi-retirement after suffering intestinal blockage in 2018 at the age of 50. Ramar was euthanized. Benty became a great-grandmother on September 23, 2015, when granddaughter Kamba gave birth to Zachary. Benty's name showed up in the press again in May of 2016 at the Cincinnati Zoo in Ohio. A three-year-old boy fell into their gorilla exhibit. The boy, awake and alert, was reportedly violently dragged through the shallow moat. One of the gorillas in the exhibit, Harambe, became agitated and disoriented during the roughly 10 minutes of commotion. According to zoo officials, Harambe could easily crush a coconut in one hand, leaving little doubt the boy's life was in danger. A decision was made to put the gorilla down, saving the boy's life. Many tried to compare the Cincinnati incident to the one involving Benti, but animal behaviorists said the two were not the same. Jack Hanna, host of Jack Hanna's Into the Wild, saw the video of the gorilla jerking the boy through the water and said the zoo made the right call in shooting the gorilla, knowing the likely outcome if the animal wasn't killed. Quote, I'll bet my life on this, that child would not be here today, said Hanna. In a sad bit of timing, while I was putting the story together, it was announced Jojo, the 42-year-old silverback at the Brookfield Zoo, quote, went into cardiac arrest during an emergency veterinary procedure prompted by an acute illness. On July 31st, according to the post on Brookfield Zoo's social media, Considered an excellent genetic match for the three female gorillas at Brookfield Zoo, Jojo would go on to sire three offspring with two of them. According to Brookfield Zoo's social media post, at 42 years old, Jojo was considered a geriatric animal. A median life expectancy for male gorillas in managed care is 32 years. The post also stated, The loss of Jojo is great, but his legacy will live on in the overall zoo population for this critically endangered species. As of this writing, there are six gorillas at the Brookfield Zoo, including Benty, famous for saving a child. listening to today's Chicago Zoo Stories episode, Binti Joie Saves a Child. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by me, Tommy Henry. As always, if you have questions about anything covered today, anything to add or have an idea for a future episode, I'd love to hear about it. 
send me an email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. I have links to a number of books and other items related to this subject and other parts of Chicago's amazing history if you or someone you know is a history nerd like me who would like to learn more. Anything ordered through those links, not just the items listed, may earn a small commission for the podcast and help offset production costs at no additional cost to you. Check out the Chicago History Podcast Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages for articles and pictures related to this episode and past episodes posted throughout the week. The original art for the Chicago History Podcast used on the social media pages was created by John K. Schneider. If you need art for something you're working on, reach out to John at AngelEyesArtJKS on Instagram or via email at AngelEyesArtJKS at gmail.com. I will be back soon with more stories from Chicago's history. Until then, get out and explore when possible. Stop by the Brookfield Zoo, say hi to Benty for me. Learn more about whatever city you live in, and stay safe.